11 location verse in the book theme. And so I want to speak this morning out of a uh, verse in the book of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 23, verse 7. And it says this, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You could interpret that as a woman thinks in her heart, so is she. Uh, but our life will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. That's the premise of this morning's message. As a man thinks, as a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. Your life, my life will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You know, most of life's battles, most of life's struggles, challenges often start or play out in our mind. Thinking about it, uh, battling with thoughts uh, about people or situations or circumstances. And the mind is a battlefield. Uh, if you grew up in the 80s, you might have been told that love is a battlefield. <laughs> but uh, the mind is a battlefield and it's a battle between God's truth for us and the devil's lies about us. And there's a battle that takes place in our mind. That is the battleground. And so you might ask the question, why does it matter what we think? Why, why does it matter what thoughts or what, what major thoughts are taking place it's because God has created us in a way that our life is built around what the Bible calls habits or disciplines. Uh, all throughout the book of Proverbs, it talks about building habits, building disciplines into our life, uh, and they will determine our future. They'll determine our destiny. They'll determine where we end up. God's created us that way. Habits and disciplines that are built into our life that eventually become automatic. Uh, you may have found that with different things that you've applied or you do them after a while, it becomes automatic. Uh, driving a car is like that. You know, when you first start it, you're, you're intentional, you've got to think through how do I coordinate the gears if you've got a manual or, or an automatic or the brake and, and reversing and, and it's all new and you're, and you're focused. Um, we've just gone through, well, a few years ago, to our two oldest boys through learning to drive. It's a process. You don't just get in and go, yeah, this just comes naturally. Uh, but the more you do it, after a while, you become proficient at it. You develop some good driving habits. You develop some bad driving habits. That'll that will determine how many points you have on your license. <laughs> uh, but after a while, you'll find it becomes automatic, doesn't it? And sometimes you'll, you'll often, if you're going somewhere, you'll often drive the same path. When I come to church here Sunday mornings, Pretty much 99% of the time, I come the same way. Um, and oftentimes, I'm not even thinking about or thinking about other things or whatever. And I don't know if you've ever found it. You'll end up in a place and you'll think, I don't even remember driving here. <laughs> I've just arrived. That's because we've developed a pattern. We've developed a habit. We've developed a pathway. Um, so the thing is that God's also designed these same, same kind of patterns, these same kind of habits to develop in our thinking. So we might see it in our just our behaviours or, or physical uh, reign, but it's, it's the, actually the same. We don't see it as dominantly or as clearly, but our minds actually work the same way. Um, psychologists say that when we think certain things regularly in the same thing, pattern, we develop what they call neural pathways. Um, and it's like um, when you first start, it's like learning a car, when you first start thinking in a certain way, 
it may not come naturally, but you're thinking it may be influenced by a, an experience or a situation and you start thinking a certain way. Uh, one person likened it like walking through long grass. If people like hiking. You know, you're, it's not easy. You're sort of working your way through and finding a path. And then, but if you then walk that same path the next day, the path is a little bit clearer and it's a little bit easier. And if you do that for a few months, you'll find that pathway is quite easy to walk through. And then after a while, you can be thinking about other things and you're walking through that pathway. You don't even have to think about it. You just naturally go down that way. That's a neural pathway. And we develop these through our thinking uh, and, and, and our major thoughts develop those kind of pathways and they're hard to break. And you say, well, why is it important? Because the Bible says, as I said before, our thinking will determine our behaviour. Our behaviour will determine our decisions and our decisions will determine our destiny. So what we're thinking right now will actually determine our destiny. And whether that's good or, or, or truthful things that the Bible tells us are true about our life, about our future, about Him, about the world, or whether it's lies or other things that we've just adopted because of an experience or a situation or something someone told us at some point, whether it was positive or negative, and we've developed this thinking pattern that will determine every way we, be we behave. I don't know if you've ever gone, you maybe seen someone that you hadn't seen for a long time, maybe someone from your childhood, and, uh, and you see them, and there's an instant physical reaction, maybe positive or negative. You see it, you go, oh, and sometimes you'll actually begin to behave in a certain way because of that neural connection. You, go, you start acting like a child again because it was your principal at school. And you start going, oh, I start feeling nervous like you're sitting in the, in the principal's office. And all you've done is seen them because you've developed a neural pathway in a way of behaving and thinking these things are real, but they're not always true. Some of them are actually quite destructive. And the Bible says that God wants us to develop habits and disciplines in regards to what we think, because if we want to end up in a certain place, we've got to adopt God's Word, because God's Word is truth. You may not think it at the moment. You might read something and go, I don't even necessarily believe that, that all things work together for good, the Bible says. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. But the Bible says it's true. And so we need to begin to build our life upon what God says so that our thinking and our major thoughts are aligned with God's Word because that will release His power and His purpose in our life. That's the way the Word of God works. So those pathways determine our reactions, our behaviour, our decisions, and therefore our destiny. So... How do we change them? They're not easy to change. Uh, just like developing a new path or um, we're, I was sharing a little bit about this in the, in the Business Connect in the city on Friday and uh, Nigel, did I see Nigel here before? Is he here? Oh, there he is, Nigel. Nigel goes, oh, I don't like that uh, metaphor of long grass. It gives me hay fever. <laughs> he goes, oh, what about the idea of overdubbing? Overdubbing, so you've got some particular uh, record or, or, or thought pattern, you've got a dub over the top of it, and that's, that works. It works, Nigel. You're a theologian. <laughs> Whatever concept you want to use, it's the idea of, of changing 
the way we're currently thinking about certain things and aligning it, not just, oh, I just want to think positive thoughts. No, what does God say? What does God say about it? That's what's important. Uh, so the psychologists, as I said, say if you want to change your behaviour, if you want to change your life, you need to develop new neural pathways. The Bible, which is the originator of all these things, uh, psychologists, whoever, humanists might use different words, but the Bible says this way back, thousands of years ago when it was written, the Bible doesn't call it neural pathways, it says you have to renew your mind. So Romans 12.2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, the patterns, the ideas, the, the uh, structures, the, the way of thinking of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? It means you have to develop new neural pathways through God's Word to change your life. Because if you don't change what you think, you won't change where you're going. We might want to go in a certain direction. We may feel like we want to go in a certain way. But if we don't believe, if we don't change what we think about it or how we're going to get there or that it's actually going to happen, guess what? It will never happen. It will not happen. So we've got to make decisions uh, uh, decisions about what we believe. This series is about faith and I shared last week from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it said, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a decision. It's a spirit. There's a feeling attached to it as well when you're moving. But at the end of the day, you're saying, I'm making a decision to choose to believe what God says, as opposed to what I'm experiencing, what I'm seeing, because the Amplified says, faith is believing what God says, despite the physical circumstances, or despite our physical senses. So you've got to make a decision. No, I know this is what it looks like, but I'm going to believe God anyway. And I'm going to choose to build my life upon what he says, and that will begin to change our life. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How is our life transformed? Well, the Bible tells us. Your life will be transformed by the way you think. If you change the way you think, then you'll change your life. So living by faith is choosing to believe and confess God's word as opposed to certain lies that we've accepted, that we've adopted, that we believe are true, and oftentimes they're not. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, Again, you see many times in the Scriptures, what a great and incredible man of God, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but at many times he also says in the Scriptures that he also struggled in this area. This is, this is some area that we all... He said, if you read Romans 7, it said, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. I, 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 I've got this constant thing going on in my mind. To be doing certain behaviours, you've got to be thinking certain thoughts. And so he talks about over and over again in different scriptures, teaching all the new churches that the, out of the letters that he wrote about renewing your mind. He was writing this. I reckon he was writing it to himself. You've got to renew your mind, Paul. I wonder if he called himself Apostle Paul. <laughs> that would be a bit weird. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says to you. Um, but listen to this. Again, he writes to the Corinthian church. He breaks it down at another level. How does it work? 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this. The weapons we fight... See, this is a, it's a battlefield. There's a battle going on. 
for your mind, for your thinking, for what you believe, because it'll determine where you end up. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Then it says we demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. Every thought we take captive and we make it obedient to Christ. So what's a stronghold? The original language, it's, it's not a word we really use in our, in our vocabulary, but it's a fortified prison. So it's saying we're demolishing strongholds. And he's talking about words. He's talking about arguments. What's he saying? He's saying these thoughts that we accept and oftentimes may come from the devil or, or, or indirectly through someone else, but originally it's, it's from the enemy of your faith, the enemy of the human race, Satan, the devil, wants to break down people's lives, destroy them, bind them, and ultimately keep them away from God and God's purpose. And so he says you've got to demolish strongholds. What are these strongholds? Every time we believe a lie, every time we think a certain thing about ourself, about our future, about our family, about where we're going, about what's taking place, we are developing a thought discipline, whether it's positive or negative. And every lie that we accept, that we're going, yes, we're building walls around us. Layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. Paul's saying as we believe these lies, we're actually building ourselves a prison. And there comes a point where he says there's a stronghold that is imprisoning us and we can't get out because it's locked. And what's the lock? The lock is the lie. You say, well, what lies are you talking about? I was just, when I was preparing this message, I was thinking about some of the things that we think or, or you may have thought at different times or you hear people say things like, uh, you can't trust people or God doesn't really love you. God couldn't forgive that. God doesn't care about your life. God won't hear your prayer. Look at what you've done. You're never going to get through this. God's not big enough. Your life's always going to be like this. Your life's always going to be bad. You don't deserve this. Or this is what you deserve. You're always going to be hurting. You're never going to be free. You're never going to have real intimacy. You're never going to be happy. Has anyone else ever thought these thoughts? And every time we accept them, every time we go, you know what, that's true, or we just think about, I don't think I'm ever going to be happy. Have you ever had that come out of your mouth? I don't think I'm ever going to get through this. I don't think this is ever going to work out. I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this job. <laughs> over and over. We're sa what we're saying, the Bible says, comes from our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You say, oh, it's just words. I'm just saying it. No, no, no. They come from somewhere. So if we're saying these things, we've got to think, why am I saying it? Because deep down in our heart, it's actually what we believe. We've built our life and we're reinforcing it every time we say it, every time we think it. And the only way to get out, Paul says here, is demolish the stronghold. How do you demolish it? You take captive every thought, every lie, every deception. The Bible says the devil is the father of lies. When he, when he speaks a lie, he speaks his native tongue. In other words, nothing he says is true. The deceiving thing about it is, though, that oftentimes the lie is couched with 
a little bit of truth. It's just a little bit of truth, just enough for us to go, I think that's true. Oftentimes, you know, if it's completely out of the realms of possibility, we won't accept it. But if there's a little bit of truth, do you know how they bait a dog? If they want to kill a dog or a wild fox or some kind of dangerous animal, they put a, they don't just pour poison on the ground. You don't see them running up and going, oh, poison, wow, awesome. I'll lick that up. Oh, I'm dead. No, what do they do? They put a big chunk of meat, something that is attractive. Do you know truth is attractive to us? We're built to be attracted to truth. God's word is truth. That's why when we hear it, it resonates in our heart. But, you know, the devil's subtle and he's smart. He goes, I'm going to put down some truth, but I'm going to lace it with a lie. So I'm going to put down a whole bunch of meat to attract the animal, but I'm going to put enough poison in it that once they eat the meat, they're going to die. That's what the devil does. There's a half-truth in it. So we've got to identify it, and then we've got to demolish it, demolish arguments, pretenses, every thought that comes. Now, this takes, this takes work. It takes discipline, and it takes God's Spirit to break them down. Um, so Paul says, if we want to enjoy the life that God offers and see his promises coming to pass, we have a part to play in it. And the first part is actually believing that what God says is true and that it's actually possible for your life, for your family, for your future. So we take captive these thoughts. Again, in Romans 12 too, Paul again writes to the Roman church along the same kind of theme. He says, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Wow! That is so powerful. And so I want to encourage you this morning. As we go out this week, and, and I want you to identify, the first thing is identifying what we're actually believing. And the way we believe is, is listening to what we actually say. And not just saying these things indiscriminately or, or like I said, or with uh, auto, uh, just uh, automatically. Oftentimes we'll say stuff. I, I'm around people at different times, or cyclists or whatever in different workplaces. And, you know, some people will just swear. They'll say the F word. They'll say the C word. They'll say whatever. And you'll mention something. And they don't even know they've said it. Have you ever noticed that? They'll go, why did you say, why did I say what? Why did you just say that? <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was just developing a neural pathway. <laughs> I thought, I don't want to go down that neural pathway. You know what I mean? Oftentimes we just, we're just saying stuff. We've develop, developed habits and, and, and mental processes that are built on our belief system and they just come out and oftentimes we are completely unaware of it and we've got to take a step back and go where do I really want to go what do I really believe what does God say and then you've got to go okay well I, I don't know if I agree with that well at one point we've got to accept as Christ followers that the Bible is true if God says it it's got to be true he's truth so I'm just going to accept it right now. I'm just, what he says about me, about my life, about my future, I'm just going to accept it. I'm just going to go, God, 
That's true. That all things are working together for good. It doesn't feel like it, doesn't look like it, but I don't care. I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to confess it. I'm going to change the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm going to rebuild a neural pathway. I'm going to renew my mind so that it aligns with what God says. And then I'm going to have faith to believe that what God says will come to pass. Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, God doesn't move. Where does faith come from? It comes from a decision to believe that what God says is true. That's the first step. I'm just going to decide it's true. Don't feel like it. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't matter. This is true. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. Um, And then our life begins to be transformed. Our circumstances begin to change. Maybe not overnight. Maybe not immediately. But as we begin to break down those strongholds in our mind, in our thinking, that are causing us to behave in certain ways when certain things happen or... You know, so, so often we'll have a thought or something will happen and our, we have immediate reaction. It might be, uh, it might be to eat. Uh, for me, one of the things I, I know about myself is if I get stressed, if I'm thinking about a problem or whatever, I start eating. It's a neural pathway. It's not a healthy one. It's like, oh, I don't know, it's just, it's just something I've developed. Um, or some people it's ice cream, or some people it's, it's alcohol, popcorn, whatever it is. You know, we've developed these ways of coping, these ways of developing. Some of them are destructive, some of them are helpful. Uh, I'm trying to do, redevelop a neural pathway so that every time I've got a problem or I'm stressed, then I exercise, I do more cycling. Problem is, I, I'm always on the bike. <laughs> I'm wearing myself out. Um, So I'm going to finish right now, but I want to encourage you this morning to think about what you think about. I want you to think about what you think about. What are your most dominant thoughts? Are they fearful or are they faith-filled? Are they hope-based or failure-based. When pressure comes on, where do you go? What's your default? Fear? Oh, everything's going to collapse. I'm going to end up on the street. I'm going to end up on my own. Or or hope-based? No, I know God's going to work this out for good. What are our most dominant thoughts? And every one of us have certain areas that are a challenge. But we're going to make a decision if we really want to see what God promises taking place in our life and be the influences He's called us to be. So that our life is actually a testimony to His goodness, to His grace, to His mercy, to His power. It's to put our foot down and say, you know what, I'm not going to think that anymore. And every time I go there, because it's easy to go there because you've, we've developed a well-worn path. It's just an automatic reaction to go to a certain place. Think a certain thought. You've got to go, no, I'm not going to go there anymore. I've got to, I'm going I'm I'm to think this. I'm going to read this. I'm going to speak this. A 
until that becomes my dominant thought when this situation occurs. I believe God. I believe the Word of God. I believe the promises of God. I believe God's for me. His Word says He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He says He's my shepherd and I shall not lack. Therefore, I never lack. He said He'll meet all my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. So my needs are met. I don't need to be fearful about loss. I don't need to be fearful about about, uh, uh, having nothing. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I will not lack. He will provide my every need. See, God's Word is so powerful. I can feel the atmosphere change just in that 30 seconds as I began to speak God's Word. I don't know if you felt it. The atmosphere began to change, right? Because God's Word has power in it. Has God's Spirit. It's not just any old Word we're talking about. It's not just positive thinking or positive mental mental affirmations and a lot of people talk about that stuff. No, this is the Word of God. God's Word. God's Word has God's life in it, divine power to demolish these strongholds and to set us free to live the life God's called us to live and be the people God's called us to be. How good is that? It's right there before us. I want to encourage you to pick it up this morning, to make a decision. I'm going to believe what God says about me. I am six foot three and 65 kilos. (laughs) And often mistaken for Brad Pitt. (laughs) My wife just said, that's great faith. (laughs) You know... That was, that, that's, that's a bit of a joke. But what, what I'm trying to say is, let's really determine, what does God say about me? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. I was formed in, his mother's, in my mother's womb. God knew me before I was born. He shaped me. He developed me. He put gifts, talents, skills and abilities in me. He made me beautiful. He made me magnificent. Bible says I am God's masterpiece, His work of art. I'm His Banksy. If anyone's read that article at the moment, it's in the paper. (laughs) I'm His Michelangelo. I'm His Picasso. I'm His Donatello. I'm His work of art. Do you believe that? We have to keep reminding ourselves that because there's so many things and so many Various forms of communication will tell you that's nothing like what you are. You're this, you're that. You're hopeless, you're useless. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Why don't we close our eyes? Father, I thank you. God, I thank you. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That all things work together for because we have you. We have you. And you have us. And you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. And goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Why don't we all stand here this morning? I'm just going to finish up, but I want to encourage you. If you're, uh, if you're away from God at the moment, or maybe you've never actually prayed a prayer that said, Jesus Christ, come into my life. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, Jesus is Lord and confess that with your mouth, you will be saved. This is the way the whole kingdom of God works. You believe what God says, you speak it out through prayer. God, I believe you're there. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Change me. That's where it all begins. If you've never prayed that prayer, I'd love to lead you in that prayer this morning at the end of this service. Maybe you're away from God, you followed Him at some point, you've been close to Him at some point, but right now you're away from Him, you're not close, you've gone your own way for whatever reason, it doesn't matter, but this morning you're saying, you know what God, I want to come back. I want to put Your Word and Your life at the centre of mine again. If that's you, I want to pray for you at the end of this service. Why don't you just come down the front, I'll be down here and uh, I'd love to lead you in that prayer. Maybe this word resonated with you. I'm not going to pray for you this morning, but what I am going to ask you to do is this week or even this afternoon when you get home, I want you to identify some of those areas, those destructive thoughts or thought patterns or neural pathways. And I want you to say, I'm going to change this. This is not going to be me anymore. It'll take work. It takes a while to develop a new discipline, even in our thinking. But as you begin to focus on God's Word, repeat it, confess it, speak it every day, you'll change the way you think about yourself and about your future. Align it with God's Word, and you'll see God moving powerfully in your circumstances. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's give the Lord a great big hand this morning. Thank you, God. God bless you. Thanks, Nicole.